2: the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Wix.com. It is Tuesday, October 18th, 2016. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by Eric Katuri. If you're out there on Twitter, you can follow Eric at etcat30. You can follow me at jakeski52. Uh, One final reminder here, if you have a chance to uh, leave us a nice rating and review, if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, that goes a long way, it helps us get the word out about this podcast. You guys have been doing a great job so far. The podcast is growing, uh, but we want to definitely continue to keep helping as many people as possible, and that all starts with those ratings and reviews. Any and all feedback is always appreciated. Eric, let's get things going this week uh, before we dive into Monday Night Football and the waiver wire uh, topics here for the week. I got to ask, how things go for you this week? Um,
1: second four and zero week this year, so I can't that a really boy. complain.
2: Had a boy. Um. I know you put up a lot of points in our stake league. Well, uh, David Johnson helps, though.
1: Yeah, I only had around 57 going into uh, last night's game, though. But uh, I got up to. R- just short of 100, mm-hmm. which is okay. I mean, I- I'm okay with that in, an- in a week in which, yeah. like, my top two wideouts did absolutely nothing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, stake League was weird. I think I scored 131 and change. DVR had 150, but outside of that, there weren't a lot of high scores. Oh, so.
1: Harry also had a 150 spot, oh, oh, yeah, Harry too. had
2: a big one, too, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, But fortunately, uh, I think both of us are, are, are well on our way to free shrimp cocktail and more here. Yeah, I hope so, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Personally, I went 4-1 this week, so it was an excellent week. The only problem is my one loss Came to Chris Benzine. You may know, uh, you may know Chris Benzine from the RoadWire DFS podcast that him and I do on Monday. So, I mean, losing to Benzine, it pretty much just makes the whole thing feel like 0 and five uh, for me. I, did did he actually, uh, you know, say something via text or? Uh, <laughs> well, no, you know, we, conversation. we were working together here on Sunday, uh-huh. and uh, I asked him. I was just like, I was like, so what went right with your team that allowed you to prevail over me? And, and his exact response was, well, what didn't go right? So I was just like, oh, there it is. There's standard Benzine. Jeez. But anyway, overall happy with the week. four four and one (laughs) on the week here, and uh, I'm already starting to look at waiver wire to continue improving. You know, my best matchup... I fell just shy of 200 points. It's a full PPR wow. with no kickers and defenses, and I felt I scored 199 points because I had David Johnson, Lamar Miller, Odell Beckham is a keeper league that lets me have that. So it's a oh, random right. thing, but uh, <laughs> but, it, but it was an excellent week here. Uh, of course, uh, improving to five and one in that league, I have the most points here as expected. But yeah, we could talk about our leagues for days here. Let's talk about some Monday Night Football, where your Arizona Cardinals hosted Mine? the New York Jets. I, well, I know you covered the Cardinals for a while, yeah, so you have a little bit no, of a soft spot, and you paid a lot for David Johnson in stake league. So. You're
1: right. It, it, it is my beat for uh, RotoWire, mm-hmm. and I did pay a lot for David Johnson, but that's the only spot that I actually have him, and I think that's mm-hmm. the only Cardinal I have outside of Carson Palmer, who I also mm-hmm. have in the stake league. Yeah, that's nice.
2: I have two shares of David Johnson. Mm-hmm. One one I'm going to be uh, I'm 4-2, and, and one I'm 5-1, and so it's it's You're been a, a good very, very good spot. I think mm-hmm. David Johnson's arguably one of your top – running backs or top overall players. If you if we did a redraft today, could you make the case for David Johnson, number
1: one overall? Uh yeah, he's leading the league in touchdowns and yards from scrimmage. There's no doubt about that
2: yeah absolutely I mean Antonio Brown got the number one ranking this year but you know with that Landry Jones uncertainty I think he knocked him a little bit Odell Beckham had a huge week great week I think he could still be a top three pick here but David Johnson especially with running back scarcity this year and the lack of finding those premier backs having David Johnson is just big
1: time for your uh is for your team you've seen that crazy stat too right uh so in every single game this year he's gone over 100 yards from scrimmage mm-hmm. yeah I, I believe I've <laughs> all six yeah. games so mm-hmm. far
2: yeah wow okay so I mean and and there's no threat to David Johnson's uh, workload or anything I mean they're going to keep giving him the ball they went to him multiple times in the red zone in, in goal line scenarios and uh, I mean Andre yes. Ellington's not going to take that job Chris Johnson's on IR Stephon Taylor is no threat whatsoever I was going to so, say
1: early on in the season when they did get to the goal line they actually gave uh, Chris Johnson a handful of those carries it, mm-hmm. it seemed like they were kind of 50-50 between the two but now with uh, Chris Johnson on IR you know obviously James, David Johnson has every mm-hmm. single one of those.
2: Yeah, just to recap, David Johnson, 22 carries, 111 yards, three touchdowns, not a whole lot through the year, three catches on six targets for 27 yards. Carson uh, Palmer didn't have to throw a bunch. This game was not competitive for the entirety of the game. Palmer 23 for 34, 213 yards, one touchdown, no pick, no sacks. He looked pretty good. Even gave way to Drew Stanton towards the end of the game uh, with what they said was a hamstring injury. Not really all that serious. He'll be fine. Receiving core, we got John Brown involved 5 for 54 on 7 targets Larry Fitz 6 for 49 on 9 targets Uh, Jaron Brown 4 for 35 on 5 targets I believe he came out of the game with an injury Michael Floyd only targeted twice but ended up with 2 for 22 and a score standard really unpredictable Arizona Cardinals
1: stuff Eric oh man it's You know Larry Fitzgerald is going to get his. Uh, mm-hmm. He did lead the team with nine targets, as you said. Yep. Uh, Michael Floyd, you know, was had sporadic play, but he actually did get the sole receiving touchdown mm-hmm. in this game for them. It's like you never know what's going to happen with this mm-hmm. receiving core, and that's kind of why I stayed away from it. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, in the right spot, I would have grabbed Larry Fitzgerald, but John Brown and Michael Floyd, I think, are just too. Volatile. Yeah. I actually thought
2: this would have been a good week for John Brown, considering mm-hmm. the Jets' propensity to give up big plays, deep ball to get the top taken off of them. Yeah. And I thought John Brown, out of any of those guys, Floyd and Fitz, John Brown's your deep ball guy, who's going to be able to you know run mm-hmm. those deep cro- crossing routes, the double moves, that kind of thing. Am I am I right in that assessment? Uh, yeah. I mean, he did lead the the team yeah. in receiving yards, but again, they didn't really have to pass because they, they just had to lead on David Johnson to great success.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So. I need to look at like the Carson Palmer's throw chart, but mm-hmm. I feel like he only went deep. You know, I'm and when I say deep, I'm saying thirty, forty plus yards mm-hmm. here. I, I only think he did that twice in the game. Okay, uh, and one, the one that really sticks out is the one that JJ Nelson almost came down with in the first quarter, mm-hmm. I believe. Oh yeah, that's correct. Um, but yeah, like he had no uh, no completion longer than fourteen yards in this game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they were going underneath the defense rather than going over the defense in this game. Yeah,
2: they're surely going to have to mix it up next week when they host the Seattle Seahawks, uh, which will be a very, very good game. Uh, Yeah, Definitely one worth tuning in for. Let's talk about the Jets' side. Ryan Fitzpatrick, just another absolute dud. <laughs> Terrible. I mean, 22.6 was his QBR in this one because he went 16 for 31, so that's barely completing 50% of your passes, 174 yards, no touchdowns and interception, got replaced by Geno Smith in the fourth quarter, four for six, 31 yards, but threw a pick of his own, fumbled but didn't lose it and also got sacked here. I mean, Todd Bowles after the game said Geno was like using a relief pitcher uh, that Fitz is going to be their man next week. Is there any quarterback controversy here whatsoever? Or I,
1: should there be, I guess, is the better question to ask? I, I think there should be. And if there is enough pressure from the ownership, uh, mm-hmm. Woody Johnson specifically, yep. I think he might actually have to make the change rather than just call him his relief pitcher. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just something that we're going to have to keep an eye on all week. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't think it'll come down to a game-time decision. It'll be something like, you know, the news conference tomorrow when he talks about injury, the injury report, like Todd Bowles will say, Fitz is my starter or... Likewise, or on the other side of the coin, you know, yeah. Smith.
2: I, I can't see them going to Geno Smith, and we, we're gonna we'll get into quarterback yeah. waivers in a second here. But even if Geno Smith takes over for Fitzpatrick, Smith, I, there's not near there's not really a whole lot of upside there. And Fitzpatrick yeah. wasn't owned in fantasy formats to start with. He was maybe sure. a stream option, like in some weeks. Yeah.
1: So I, I mean, I, yeah, you're not considering the Jets' quarterback situation. On the other hand, the Jets probably want to see what they have in. You know this this quarterback and within this current system.
2: Yeah, exactly. The Jets, though, they do host the Baltimore Ravens next week. They're early one-point favorites, and Baltimore's secondary is pretty banged up, so if there's ever going to be a week for a Jets quarterback, it might be next week here. The running game, non-existent, though. Forte, 9 for 19. He also, uh, I was about to say he added so-and-so through the air, but it's really not there. One catch for three yards on three <laughs> targets. Forte, a big-time fantasy dud if you were counting on him. Blair Powell, not but much better three carries for 10 yards uh three carries or three catches for 12 yards in the passing game kind of the third down guy. Brandon Marshall led the team in uh in receptions or I'm sorry in receiving yards, three catches for 70 yards on six targets. Uh peak here had 10 targets, 5 for 43. Not really worried about him on the waiver wire. Quincy Anunwa, 3 for 42 on five targets. So really no Jets anything to get excited about. Maybe the matchup next week depending on how that secondary shakes up here, but I mean you can't really sell high on Matt Forte anymore. Brandon Marshall's been limited by poor quarterback play Decker on the IR and none while a secondary fringe option. There's you just, it's a hands-off team.
1: That's, that's been the key development. Just Eric Decker going down with his shoulder injury and, Mm -hmm. you know, eventually landing on IR. Like that just ruined, I think any, any thoughts they had of success this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The jets
2: falling to one and five, making the playoffs a, a real long shot at this point. Well, Eric, let's get into the uh, waiver wire, the FAB preview here. Remember all FAB dollar recommendations based on a 12-team standard format with a $100 budget? I went ahead and I looked up percent-owned figures roughly towards the second half of Monday Night Football last night, if anyone needs perspective. And, of course, those are always subject to change regularly uh, as leagues with first come, first serve waivers start to gradually react. That kind of shifts the percent, percent on. So if you look right now, they're probably going to be just a tad bit higher here. But let's start with quarterbacks. As we mentioned, uh, last week we mentioned Colin Kaepernick. He came out and struggled. He had a, a deep ball that he greatly underthrew to Torrey Smith, uh, but he's going to come out and start again this week. There is there anything to like there moving forward? I think outside of two quarterback leagues, he can be safely ignored.
1: Yeah, I, man, I just know he had about 180 yards uh, passing hmm. in that touchdown you mentioned. Uh, do you know how much he had on the ground I, I think he had 60 yards, I want to say, about so, six,
2: 60 yards rushing, so yeah, that gives you a little bit. He, he so had more it, yards than Carlos Hyde, who carried the ball 14 times for right. 52 yards and also kind of emerged uh, with a slight injury in this one.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, if you're throwing off for roughly 200 yards, a touchdown, and also rushing for 60 yards, I mean that's equivalent to a quarterback throwing for 200 yards and two touchdowns, mm-hmm. or 220 or 250 yards and two touchdowns, which is you know okay. I mean yeah. it's modest production, but like you said, he's probably capped at two quarterback leagues. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there.
2: Uh, the 49ers do host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where they are two point home underdogs Vegas giving no love to Chip Kelly and the 49ers and and deservedly so they haven't really earned it here last week we talked about a bunch of streaming options here Case Keenum Brock Osweiler and Marcus Mariota all had pretty good weeks Osweiler redeemed himself with two touchdowns in the last three and a half minutes so so good for him Case Keenum I think he had three throwing one rushing against Detroit here but Marcus Mariota he seems to be back on track if he was dropped in your league or if he's still available he's only owning 41 percent of ESPN formats is he
1: he's got to be the top waiver wire target this week especially considering that he has the Colts as his matchup oh yeah for sure um yeah he has three touchdowns and back-to-back games he's actually uh you know running the ball a little bit and very, doing it very effectively as well seven carries for 60 yards seven carries for 64 yards the last two weeks uh, if, I mean, we just mentioned uh, Kaepernick with that sixty yards in the ground, and this is actually a real quarterback. You know, Kaepernick's adding, like a poor man's Mariota at this point, <laughs> really. At, at this point, uh, the unfortunate thing for Mariota is he has yet to hit three hundred yards a season in any game. He actually just uh, threw for his second highest yardage, uh, two sixty four, in the week one. He did two seventy one, mm-hmm. but you know, you just mentioned he's going against the Colts. The Colts are very friendly when it comes to the passing game. So, yeah, yeah you could easily see him uh, finally going over that 300-yard I mean, threshold.
2: Currently, as the lineup's sitting down now, I'm going to have plenty of time to tinker all week, but I'm starting Mariota over Jameis Winston at San Francisco. I'm starting Mariota over—oh, this is a tough one. Yeah, I've got Blake Bortles. There's two leagues, actually, where I have the Bortles-Mariota combo, and Bortles— And the Jaguars are hosting the Raiders, who gave up a ton of points to opposing quarterbacks. That's going to be a real tough one. Uh, So uh, yeah, maybe I'll tweet that later in the week with what I decide, but I don't think I'm quite ready to make a commitment yet. Another quick uh, guy I want to mention, Kirk Cousins was dropped in a lot of places after a slow start. He's available in 28% of Yahoo and and about 30% of ESPN leagues. So I think he's a good stream option if he was dropped. He gets Detroit, might get Jordan Reed back. I think uh, all in all, if he's out there, he's someone that's worth grabbing as well.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, he just uh, went against a stout Philly defense and actually put up 263 and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and even without Jordan Reed, I mean, he's getting Jameson
2: Crowder involved. Pierre Garçon was heavily involved last week. And, of course, mm-hmm. there's always Deshaun Jackson on the outside. So yeah. plenty of weapons here even without Jordan Reed. Uh,
1: Chris Thompson, uh, you know. Yeah. As Chris Thompson, a, a good pass. third
2: down back. Yeah. And, and Matt Jones, when they're running the football, that opens things up for Cousins. Yeah, so he's a good for sure. one. What about two quarterback leagues though we always want to update our listeners on that one of them uh, we have to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers situation. Big Ben Roethlisberger has had, a, had an MCL trim it was kind of described on his knee of course uh, yeah, once again i 'm no doctor, so i 'm going to try my best to explain the situation when you uh, when you tear your meniscus or have a partially torn meniscus, you can opt for the trim the cleanup arthroscopic procedure or you can opt for the full repair. The full repair typically keeps you out around eight weeks. the trim. I've heard anywhere from a two-week timetable to a six-week timetable. I guess we'll wait and see. But uh, everything I've seen said the surgery went well. The Steelers have the Patriots this week. Big Ben, of course, not going to play. Then they have a bye. Then I'd say Big Ben has an outside chance to return. So if you are thinking about picking up Landry Jones, the backup, it's just one week, and it's against the Patriots. Now, week seven buys here. We've got Carolina on a bye, and we've got Dallas on a bye. So no Dak Prescott, no Cam Newton. But it's not a heavy bye week that you should have to be desperate enough to pick up Landry
1: Jones, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's only his second year in the league. And here's what he's proved as a pro so far 50, 57% passer, 513 yards, three touchdowns versus four interceptions mm-hmm. in uh, 10 appearances total. That's a 76 QB rating. That's what? That's definitely below league average in the current mm-hmm. iteration of the NFL. Absolutely. Um, But he does have all these weapons at his disposal. So you can't really deny that he gets to throw the ball to Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell... Uh the, the the rest of the receiving core right now is a little banged up. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have to see what what actually or how that unfolds. You know. Yeah. Sammy Coast team with the broken finger.
2: Absolutely. Well the biggest thing going in Landry Jones' favor is that a check down to Le'Veon Bell where he makes five people miss and gets into the end zone still <laughs> counts as a touchdown pass for Landry Jones. Yeah. So that's probably the best thing in his favor. So I guess there yeah, there are some two quarterback leagues where if you took Cam Newton really early, uh, likely he was the first quarterback taken in your two quarterback league, if you took him really early and then kind of decided to bolster your other positions instead and maybe kind of punted that second quarterback spot maybe there's a place for for Landry Jones Uh, again in most uh, 12 14 team two quarterback leagues when bye weeks start pretty much every starter zone so we want to just run that down for you here but let's go to running backs here Eric a lot more going on in the running back department this week last week we profiled James Starks but of course that's the one disadvantage of doing the the podcast on Tuesdays of course we want to get your bids in on time but we didn't quite know the extent of James Stark's knee injury. He's going to be out for a month. I think it's safe to drop him. Jacquez Rogers is another guy we talked about last week, and I'm really high on him because Doug Martin didn't practice Monday, still dealing with that hamstring injury, and uh, Jacquez Rogers and the Bucks get the 49ers, who just fresh off giving up a buck 40 and three touchdowns. LaShawn McCoy, one of the worst run defenses in the league.
1: The Navarro Bowman injury has Single-handedly made them a matchup to target, right? Yeah, and we already talked about Rogers. Uh, you know, I think in last week's podcast, he, didn't he get something like thirty carries in the in the spot star for Martin? I yeah, mean, if they're they gonna just if,
2: fed him the rock,
1: yeah, and like they they know he's only gonna be you know the starter for mm-hmm. max two games, and this would be the second game. Yep, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another twenty-five to thirty carry game, yeah, just because. Like afterward, Martin's going to be healthy, mm-hmm. and he's going to be the pass catching back. Yep, He'll and it's Charles
2: Sims' role. <laughs> yeah, Charles Sims on IR with the knee injury. They did sign Antoine Smith, but I still think it is the Jockeys Rogers show with uh, Smith being kind of the emergency replacement yeah. option here because Smith generally kind of a third down pass catching back as well, from what I remember in his Atlanta days. And,
1: d- and just remember, people, like there are still three practices to go for uh, you know Doug Martin to actually prove his health. Uh, on Friday we'll know. I bet he'll get a questionable designation and exactly. it'll come down to something like a game time decision.
2: Yeah, what I really like, just the sidebar, is uh, Jaquiz is 5,600 on FanDuel and if Doug Martin Ooh. gets the inactive, uh, Jaquiz is going to end up in a lot of my lineups, not just cash games, uh, or, or not just GPPs, but mm-hmm. I think he'll be safe enough for cash games too. Yeah. Last week we also profiled the Oakland Raiders backfield. Absolutely garbage, unpredictable, stay away from that situation unless you absolutely need, unless you're perfectly content with getting four to six fantasy points, you can stay away from Jalen Richard, DeAndre Washington, those guys because it's mm-hmm. complete timeshare there. We also profiled Chris Ivory last week. I think he's still a target. We finally saw Ivory get more usage than TJ Eldon in that Jacksonville yeah. backfield. I mean, neither back really had a great day, mm-hmm. but Ivory carried 11 times for 32 32- yards and a score. Ivory also caught two passes out of the backfield here, so it's it's a 10-point fantasy day for Ivory, and I think his ceiling's much higher than Yeldon moving forward. They went out and they paid for Ivory. Ivory's their man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that here. Uh, all right, but let's talk about a couple new guys. Jay Ajayi of the Miami Dolphins is owned in just 31% of Yahoo and 43% of ESPN leagues. He had a huge week Sunday against Pittsburgh on everyone's benches or on the waiver wire here. Does he become your top waiver wire target this week? <clears throat> Because Man, Arian Foster, I, I
1: know, I know he's going to be available, and I know Arian Foster is, uh, you know, still limited by his hamstring injury. We actually had, we actually saw one of the uh, Dolphins beat writers from the Dolphins official site, Andy Cohen, say that J- he expects a J to be the main back, uh, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward. I- I'm kind of skeptical, skeptical about that. They did go out and. Uh, you know, grab Foster to be that main man. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess he's been injured the entire time, which is kind of what's happened throughout his career. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, Ajay, though, has never received more than 13 carries in the game before this 25-carry outburst. mm -hmm. And if they're actually going to ride him, I I mean, it it doesn't seem like it's out of the realm of possibility that he can, you know, be a pretty viable back.
2: Yeah, it's always been... uh, it's been a victim of the timeshare. I mean, between Foster and his injury history, if they do give Ajayi 20 touches a game, he's an RB2. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But that's just a huge, huge if. And the matchup isn't great this week. They host the Buffalo Bills, who uh given up six rushing touchdowns this year, just 472 yards on the ground, just over 15 fantasy points a game, two opposing running backs. And that's, of course, taking into account entire backfield. The real question is, you need a running back this week. Say uh, Jonathan Stewart, Ezekiel Elliott, for example, is on a buy. Your your locks, your stalwarts that you're starting every week. How much do you actually bid on Jay Ajayi?
1: Uh, I mean, do we have a uh, do we have a perspective bid from Kevin Payne in uh, his article? You want to hear the, because, the uh, I mean,
2: perspective bid? I think he actually has this one right right on. I just you, you kind of have a range ish that you think about. Uh, before I give it away here,
1: yeah, like I probably won't go over ten myself, but mm-hmm. it really depends on uh, what or how much I have left in in the yeah exactly in, in Fab in said league yeah and
2: how much how much how badly you need a running back. See, and, and now Payne recommends a fifteen to twenty five dollar bid, okay. and I can see that if you need a running back, if you I mean if you've got Ezekiel Elliott and you've got kind of a, a mess behind him, yeah, go ahead and spend that money. on Aj, I'm fine. I always thought. Before the season started, I, I liked Ajayi's skills and his upside more than Foster. Foster, kind of an older back with the injury history. Ajayi, young, fresh. Uh, I, the skills were there. Then he kind of got into that con- the conflict with the coaching staff and all that. After they brought in Foster, hopefully they've sorted out those misunderstandings. But I do like I do like Ajayi's upside. I think he's a low end flex, possibly next week, even against the Bills if he's getting the goal line carries. I think he's the man here. And out of all these guys, it's really a stretch talking about running backs this week because out of all these guys we're going to profile, we're going to profile a whole lot of spec ads, like mm-hmm. really, really deep speculative ads that aren't going to necessarily pay off this week. Jay Ajayi is someone who can pay off this week, and he's got enough. Between Jay Ajayi, Chris Ivory, and Jacquez Rogers, if you need someone that will pay off this week, I think you need to start looking at the availability of those three players first, Ajayi, Rogers, and um, Chris Ivory. If yeah. you need some spec ads, though, I might consider moving to a guy like Devontae Booker. He doesn't didn't produce immediately for the Broncos, so a lot of t- people are dropping him. Owned a 27% Yahoo, 30% ESPN leagues. He's a speculative ad, but I love his skill set, and I love how he looked all the way back. Remember, on Thursday night, they played the Chargers. They used him for a drive, and he looked very effective carrying the ball on the ground. What are... Do you, I mean, do you think that there's a chance... That if C.J. Anderson maybe continues to struggle, they look towards Booker
1: more this week, or is this? Am I stretching too much to find something out of nothing here? I'll just throw this out there. Like when it comes to the Denver backfield, it's always it always seems to be the. Uh, the underdog. The, the underdog, yeah, that, that's the best way to put it, the underdog in the situation who ends up like prevailing in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, didn't we see Ronnie Hillman heading the backfield in the early going, yep. and C.J. Anderson was waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was getting well, a few well, touches per week. Yeah, last year it
2: was supposed to be C.J. Anderson, yeah. and then Ronnie Hillman kind of messed with that a little bit. The yeah. year before, C.J. Anderson took off, made yeah. everyone want to – Spend a first or second round draft pick on CJ Anderson only to have that job and those carries forfeited to Ronnie Hillman. So uh the but we, unpredictability.
1: Yeah. Was, so we saw like CJ Anderson, you know, break out and be the main man, basically the second half of the season and then helping to lead the Broncos to the title. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean this this seems like uh the same thing that happens every single year with this backfield though. Like mm-hmm. Devontae Booker has showed that you know, he has a a nice skill set, like you mentioned. He's averaging 4.9 yards per carry since that dud in the opener. He only had three carries for eight yards in the opener. Mm-hmm. And caught eight of 11 passes for 65 yards since then on five to ten touches per game. I think if they start sustaining him around ten touches, you know, you could start considering, like, mm-hmm. um, throwing him in, a, you know, a flex spot. Yeah. I can just. Um, We're always. 14 teamer or something like that. We're
2: we're always trying to improve our complete rosters from top to bottom. That's what we do here at this Waiver Wire podcast. Always trying to get those rosters. As 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 good as possible, the best that they can, and whether or not you're a CJ Anderson CJ Anderson owner, if anything ever were to happen to CJ Anderson, Devontae Booker becomes huge. He becomes yeah. a huge back, so you don't necessarily want to build your team around what ifs like that. But the fact that he's been getting a few more carries, he is he should be owned, of course, across the board in all dynasty formats. He's somebody oh, yeah. that needs to be, uh, yeah, absolutely needs to be on on your roster here in dynasty formats. Uh, so there's a a lot going on here. Now we've got him. I don't know, I've seen him around an $8 waiver wire bid. I'm not quite ready to do that. I think you can still get away with $1 or $2 this week if you're trying to do a spec add-on Devontae Booker because, again, he's someone where the payoff's not going to be in Week 7. It might be in Week 10. It might be in Week 12. But the payoff, I still have a pretty good
1: feeling, is going to be there. Yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> – now that – we so we talked about the – Stud running back of two thousand and sixteen earlier, David Johnson, yep. this situation seems a lot like this, mm-hmm. like uh, Chris Johnson, who is far more effective than uh, c j Anderson has been so far, yep um, you know basically had a stranglehold on yeah. that job, and David Johnson was only getting the random you know reception off David know.
2: Johnson was being used on kick returns to start two thousand and fifteen yeah. and and look at where he finished two thousand and fifteen yeah. and and now what he 's doing in two thousand and sixteen. This is a case Booker, like with Johnson, you want to buy the skills, mm-hmm. and, and I and I'm buying the skills of Booker. And there was a couple fumbles early, and you know he wasn't looking the greatest. But I think by the time week ten, twelve rolls around, they'll
1: he'll start to at least carve out a role for him. Yeah, exactly. And I like Gary Kuback had a uh, really nice quote about him uh, actually on Monday, and I'm gonna like dig that up quick, mm-hmm. read it to you, so you you can got, kind of get a feeling for where he's at. Uh, in the mind of Kubiak at the moment. Mm-hmm. We've got to give books some opportunities. To, he's doing some good stuff. When he's had the opportunities, he's done some really good things. As a young player, we're trying to get him to going as far as protections and those type of things,
2: mm-hmm. and he's
1: starting to handle – himself better yeah so they're seemingly ready to give him a bigger workload yeah one of the biggest
2: roadblocks to rookies and i think this was the case with david johnson too we keep finding similar similarities but it's always pass protection and there yeah gruden likes to talk about doing the little things on monday night football his grinders he loves that but he would was constantly talking about david johnson's pass protection and how that's improved and allowed him to be on the field as a full-time back and maybe Devonte booker has a couple steps to go there and, and later on in the year he's the man so i just if he was dropped in your league he Someone that you need to consider adding. There's a lot of dead yeah. weight type players available, but Booker's someone that you might want to consider here. Uh, let's talk about a, a guy that might contribute this week, though. I know we kind of capped off at Ajayi, Ivory, and Rodgers as your this week payoff guys, but the Packers, the Green Bay Packers, play on a short week here. They host the Chicago Bears at Lambeau Field on Thursday, and uh, early this morning, I actually woke up to this this morning, I saw that they had traded a conditional draft pick to the Chiefs for Niall Davis and it's looking like because of that injury situation in the backfield maybe Niall Davis might play a little bit uh you know i promised early this morning when i saw that that we talk about this on the show today uh what is your well, first off what's the injury situation going on with with Eddie Lacey? now we were ch- chatting about that earlier i think you can give a good rundown of that here
1: yeah so Eddie Lacey, you know he has yet to practice this week he's dealing with a extremely sore ankle left ankle um I mean, he left Sunday's game multiple, well, sorry, when the Packers' offense left the field, he was receiving treatment um, constantly on his left ankle Mm -hmm. uh, to ensure that he could actually um, last the entire game. Um, Yes, they brought in Niall Davis, right? Um, We've seen him flash at times. I think he has uh, one 100-yard game on his ledger when he started for Jamal Charles In 2014. Exactly. Um, The Chiefs
2: wouldn't trade him because uh, he'd asked to be traded a while back, mm -hmm. but there was always the lingering Jamal Charles situation. Now he gets his chance.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they probably felt comfortable dealing Davis because Spencer Ware's fared so well and Mm -hmm. Charkhandwick West, you know, showing himself viable. Um, So Nile Davis, though, I'm not incredibly intrigued by his peripherals 3.3 yards per carry in his career. 67% 67% catch rate is okay, 31 of 46, 8.4 yards per catch. What really stands out, though, is his re- kick returning, 27.2 yards per return.
2: Yep, get him do the you ball think
1: space. Do you think he'll actually, you know, kind of settle into that role first and then maybe, mm-hmm. you know, pick it up in the offense? Well, because th- they, they they have mentioned that, or beat writer, Packers beat writers have mentioned that they're probably going to add or promote Don Jackson from the practice squad. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so so here's the thing. They have such a short week. Uh, today's Tuesday. They signed him on Tuesday. They play on Thursday. I'm mean, going to actually be going to that game at Lambeau Field, so I'll get, a, I'll get a nice close look at this. It would be easy to just toss him on kick returns right away because we saw Ty Montgomery, who we'll talk about a little bit later, we saw Ty Montgomery get carries out of the backfield uh, quite a bit this week, and if they yeah. use Ty Montgomery as a running back, maybe they don't want to risk injury by having Ty continue exactly. to return kicks and then have Niall yeah. Davis do this. But they certainly didn't sign Niall Davis to sit on the bench. He's going to have some type of role. Uh, He's a very, very deep speculative ad here, and it's only short-term. But we know as Packer fans, Ted Thompson, not one to go after free agents, not one to bring in outside help. He -hmm. likes that homegrown talent. The Packers, I think, Niall Davis will become one of three or four players on the whole Packers team that has played for another squad in their career, which yeah. is just, it's, it's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so Niles Davis is going to play. I think you don't necessarily have to spend any fab money on him. Uh, the, the $0 bids fan. I mean, if we if we want him up here in Wisconsin, we'll have to spend fab money on him because somebody, a Packer fan, will pick him up. But he, he should come at a pretty cheap price, and there, there's going to be a little bit of usage there depending on how Eddie, Eddie Lacy's ankle injury plays out and one of those injuries that can be aggravated, too.
1: I, I, still think, I still think Lacy will play because, yes, it is a short week, but then they also have a week and a half to prepare for the next game, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean... <laughs> he'll probably get at least half of the carries and then the rest of it will be, you know, Mm -hmm. spread among Ty Montgomery and Don Jackson and Niall Davis as well.
2: So so I said this morning that Davis will have some fantasy value here now I have, to, I have to clarify all of that if you're in a 10 12 teamer and you can get your Ajays, your Rodgers, um or your chris Ivorys, you know go get those guys of course if you're in a 14 or 16 teamer and you're either just trying to improve the very final bench spot or you're a lacy owner that needs a contingency plan for thursday night and beyond yeah. that's when you pick up uh, N- nile davis because if you're a lacy owner and a 12 teamer then Nah, I mean, there, there's, there's going to be better out options there. out there. If yeah. you're a Lacey owner and a 16 teamer, Go after it. I can think of a lot of I mean, Bilal ways. Powell is probably sitting out there. And yeah, Bilal Powell is, yeah, he's probably a decent uh, option. Probably limited to PPR leagues uh, mm-hmm. because Forte is just kind of looking like trash. But yeah. uh, lately, I mean, he was a stud the first couple of weeks. I, <laughs> I think it's downhill from here for Forte. So Powell, another option that probably would go ahead of Niall Davis. We profiled him a few times. He's always going to be a fringe waiver wire guy week in and week out this mm-hmm. year. I think we could profile him every week if we yeah, wanted to. Right. Uh, I'm, we're talking spec ads, though. I know LaShawn McCoy is not going anywhere in Buffalo. He is the man here. But shady owners might want to consider Mike Gillisley as a handcuff option. Carried the ball six times for 60 yards and a touchdown Sunday in San Francisco. And, I mean, LaShawn McCoy, he has had concussions in his past. He left Sunday's game briefly. There is room on, I mean, I I guess I'll ask you, is there room on fantasy owners for Mike Gillisley or on fantasy rosters for
1: Mike Gillisley? (laughs) I mean, we've always talked about like you know if you have a deep bench and you're in a fourteen team or deeper league with for a guy like this, yes, you stash him and you know ho or you know, with the hope that he'll actually have an expanded role at some point. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're not wishing injury upon uh, you know Lashawn McCoy, but you know, just in case it does happen to him, you yeah. know he's out there, or he's already like on your roster, yeah. and yeah, exactly. you can slot him to your starting lineup. Yeah.
2: Then instead of spending thirty five dollars fa- in in your Fab money that you, week, you spend zero dollars in your exactly. Fab money because you already right. have him. So
1: being proactive is a big start here. But you okay. got you got to like his uh, you know what he's done so far this year: six point eight yards per carry. He's caught three or four targets for twenty seven yards three total touchdowns and he's only played 17 percent of the Mm -hmm. offensive snaps
2: yeah all right so before we move on here let's quick talk a couple of drop candidates i'm going to skip ahead a little bit here uh one latavius murray turf toe even when he was in the starting lineup and available to play uh he was starting to lose carries to washington richard and and what's looking like a committee here latavius murray is he
1: a drop candidate for you at this point uh yeah i was staying away from him anyway (laughs) this Mm -hmm. year so um, but yes, if I am an owner, I probably yeah. am looking elsewhere at this point.
2: In your ten-team leagues, or by Felicia, this. yeah. In your ten-team <laughs> leagues, by Felicia, he's long gone. Yeah. Uh, but in your twelve-team leagues, the decision's a little bit more of a gut check one. But you might want to improve uh, anything deeper than that. Then maybe you want to stay. So Murray a drop candidate for me. James Starks, of course, we mentioned him last week. He can be dropped now. I mean, he's not going to get any action for a month, and by then Lacey will presumably be a little bit healthier. What about TJ Eldon? Chris Ivory the, is the man they spent the money on, getting more usage, more carries. Finally, he's healthy after that that weird situation week one. Can you cut TJ Eldon? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I would
1: just just do it.
2: Yeah, just, just do it. Improve your roster, guys. There's no room uh, for TJ Yeldon. I mean, you could be in, a I guess, a 14-16 teamer and maybe stash him because your waiver wire options are terrible here, but overall, I'd say he's a drop candidate as well. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business, and it all starts with A stunning website with hundreds of designer made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag and drop editor. There is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business, and because you're too busy, it needs to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to WIX.com now to create your website today. The result is stunning. Eric, let's move on to the wide receivers, uh, players that you might want to be picking up on the waiver wire here Last week we profiled Sammy Coates. He's dealing with a finger injury. I think he almost falls right back into drop drop ca- candidate right now just mm-hmm. because he's got Landry Jones this week and banged up. Then he's got a bye week. But if you have a deep bench, maybe stash him through because the upside is there. He is Big Ben's deep ball guy. We talked about Chris Hogan, very modest performance, something that you'll continue to expect from him week to week. The big one we talked about last week and I think remains a top target this week, is Cameron Meredith of the Chicago Bears. Another week of double digit targets where he had a more,
1: Yeah, where he had a more productive fantasy day than Elshon Jeffrey. How long yeah. can this keep up, Eric? I mean if if Brian Hoarder really trusts in him, I think it the sky's the limit. I mean mm-hmm. it should it wouldn't surprise if it sustains. Uh he's going against the Packers defense on Thursday. Mm-hmm. They may be without their top two corners yet again. Um, possibly
2: their top three here because we've got Sam Shields dealing That's with a, a concussion point. situation. He's missed multiple multiple games already because he does have a concussion history. Uh, and then uh, Demarius Randall, he's banged up and Quentin Rollins is banged up. So we're looking like we might see a Ladarius gunter Micah Hyde combo. we preferably like to see Micah Hyde in, in nickel packages, so maybe it's a Ladarius Gunter-Dimitri Goodson mm-hmm. starting cornerback combo. I, it'd probably be that. The Packers aren't going to win a lot of games with that combo at, at cornerback here and, and I know it's Brian Hoyer at the helm But both Elshon Jeffrey and Cameron Meredith are big targets in daily for me. I've already looked at some of my lineups for next week. I did pick up Cameron Meredith in a league where he just went untouched, unbid on in, in Fab, which was a little bit surprising. Most of my leagues, he went for some money, but I just picked him up because it cost me nothing. And now I'm going to start him over both Devontae Parker and Alan Hearns this week. <laughs> I, I, I'm that confident. He, it is a short week. It's a Thursday matchup, but based on his usage and based on the matchups against the Packers, of course, I'm going to check the Packers in actives 90 minutes before game time. because. But, but the thing is, though, even if Shields is back, Shields is used on Elshon Jeffrey, and Cameron Meredith gets to run wild, so I think either way it's a big week for Meredith I think he needs to be uh he needs to be owned in all formats at least for this week, even if you don't plan on using him if you have three stud wide receivers,
1: just pick him up so your opponent can' so either way. Uh- when you're at the Packers game if they're winning you'll be happy or if Cameron Meredith is running all of our secondary you'll be pleased mm-hmm.
2: yeah I, I, it, it's a win-win situation I like to hedge my bet in those type of forms yeah. but speaking of the Packers game we saw a bit of a breakout game from Ty Montgomery in Sunday's loss to Dallas of course Unlike the typical Packers situation, they played from behind almost the entire game, and uh, Aaron Rodgers constantly having to pass. Uh, you know, his struggles aside, let's talk a little bit about Ty Montgomery, who is owned in about 1% of Yahoo and ESPN formats. He was targeted 12 times in Sunday's loss, finished with 10 for 98 yards. No touchdowns, but there's also. I mean there's potential of course that potential is going to be there and the backfield situation also bodes well for Montgomery who carried the ball three times for six yards here uh w- what type of performance can you are you hoping for from Ty Montgomery on Thursday and can he be a startable asset
1: yeah I mean Montgomery had his first catches of the season we should just note that mm-hmm. on uh uh this past Sunday Man, I mean, it, it really just depends on the health of Lacey. Like, if Lacey yes. is if Lacey is healthy, I think he's going to be more more utilized, uh, you know, as a receiver, mm-hmm. maybe get the occasional touch out of the backfield like he's had the last few weeks. On the other hand, if Lacey's banged up or even inactive, I could see him having, you know, a third or maybe slightly more of the workload out of the backfield, and that mm-hmm. would you know limited his effectiveness right as a receiver
2: yeah absolutely and montgomery i mean a lot of a lot of those receptions for montgomery were like flats and checkdowns out of the backfield, typical third down back stuff he's been working with the running back position group a lot lately he's good with the ball in open fields he's been a kick returner for the packers as long as he's been available for the packers he was looking pretty good during the first few weeks of 2015 then kind of suffered that injury that kept him out the rest of the year so uh athletically and scheme-wise, I think there's there's potential for Ty Montgomery. But again, it's so hard doing this pot on Tuesday because there's so many if-then scenarios regarding Eddie Lacy and the Green Bay backfield here. Let's turn our focus to Baltimore, though, Eric, where we've got a Steve Smith ankle injury. Even with or without the Steve Smith ankle injury, you have to imagine that Steve Smith is going to be fading at this stage in his career. It's going to be tough to for me at least to depend on him in a fantasy perspective here, Mike Wallace is probably the top uh, replacement candidate. He's available in 69%. I'm sorry. He's owned in 69% of uh, ESPN. I'm sorry. 69% of Yahoo, 64% of ESPN leagues. Whereas Perriman is owned in 4% of Yahoo and 3% of ESPN leagues. So of course, Wallace is your first choice. Perriman may be an outside shot, Kamar Aiken involved, but also he's Kamar Aiken. Wallace in Sunday's game was targeted nine times as opposed to Perriman's eight. I think we can agree that Wallace should be owned in most formats at this point, even if it is just a ten or twelve teamer. Yeah. I
1: I know um ever since Torrey Smith left Baltimore, they've been looking for that deep threat. Uh mm-hmm. because, you know, Joe Flacco does throw a pretty Pretty. Yes. She's
2: got some excellent, uh, excellent arm ball. strength. Yep.
1: And so far, you know, Wallace is kind of eased into the season. Even though he's had consistent uh, targets, he's had at least six in every single game this season. Mm-hmm. He, you finally averaged well for the second time this season. He averaged over 20 yards per catch in a given game. Uh, four for 97 against the Giants on uh, Sunday. I mean, yeah, you got to like it. But he hasn't really reached the end zone that often since. Mm-hmm. You know, the first two weeks of the season when he had three touchdowns. Yeah. So, yeah, I
2: think we can agree that Wallace should be owned in most formats. I absolutely like Wallace's rest of season. Even if Steve Smith returns next week and plays every game the rest of the year, I still think Wallace is more productive the rest of the season, stats wise, fantasy wise. Maybe that's a bit of a bold prediction. If he has to miss multiple games, then I think Brashad Perriman can come in and have a role. He's someone who was very limited last year. They're finally going to have him available this year. I think Perriman in your 14 and deeper needs to be looked at. Wallace should probably own be owned across all formats at this point. I just want to you know, kind of run that Baltimore receiving situation.
1: Down. Didn't it didn't it seem like it was a Steve Smith of old the first four weeks of the season when he mm-hmm. was, you know, running roughshod and, you know, jabbering Did, with uh you know. Didn't it opponents. seem that didn't it
2: seem that way in twenty fifteen and in twenty fourteen yeah. too? Mm-hmm. It's always a fast start, and then he he becomes the ultimate sell high candidate after the season's first right. couple of weeks. So uh, I'm not necessarily buying a very productive rest of season from right. Steve Smith. I wouldn't say that to his face if you were sitting here, man. Dude scares me a little bit, but uh, <laughs> but but uh, I, I'm not. I'm, I don't own him anywhere, and I don't plan to. I guess is how I'm saying okay. this. Alright, a couple more wide receiver news and notes. We're not going to go too far in depth with any of these guys. Kendall Wright, 8 for 133 and a score on 9 targets Sunday in Cleveland. That's crazy. I, I don't know where that came from, uh, but uh, Tajay Sharp may be losing playing time. Brandon LaFelse caught another touchdown for the Bengals on Sunday, giving him 3 touchdowns in the last 2 weeks. Tyler Boyd also had a pretty nice week in Cincinnati here. Had a, had a couple catches in traffic there. The Houston ancillary options become interesting, where while Will Fuller is uh, rested, so that means J and Strong, Braxton Miller might have some value if DeAndre Hopkins continues to demand the most attention out of opposing defenses. And finally, Michael Thomas of the Saints was efficient in a shootout Sunday, 5-for-5 five five. 78 yards, one touchdown, of course, that's five catches, five targets. A Bit shootout dependent, but if you're the Saints, you're going to be in a lot of shootouts there. Anybody you like at all on that list or I mean I I I note these guys in news and notes because I tend to think I, I'm inclined to think they're flashes in the pan, but do any of those guys have the chance to possibly become a little bit more than that?
1: Yeah, I mean, as a Willie Snead owner, I'm kind of worried about Michael Thomas, you mm-hmm. know, and his consistency within the offense i think he scored in the last 3 weeks for them um and i mean if if Drew Brees is looking his way more often when it comes to uh you know red zone and uh in that region of the field then I'm I'm a little worried, and I would be going out there and grabbing Michael Thomas if he's available.
2: Yeah, someone to definitely take a look at. We saw his uh, athletic gifts in the preseason, I guess you could say, and mm-hmm. uh, if he gets the volume there, then he's absolutely someone to take a look at here. Let's move to the tight end position, though, Eric. It's a big week for tight end pickups because we have the Panthers and Greg Olson on a bye. We have the Cowboys and Jason Witten on a bye, and Dwayne Allen of the Colts, Dealing with an ankle injury, not productive again. So if you're a Dwayne Allen owner, you were probably looking for other options anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. Dwayne Allen's week-to-week, which we'll mention shortly. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, so we'll get there. But first, let's quick recap last week. uh, We discussed Charles Clay, decent volume again. But the big name we discussed last week that needs to be turned to again is Hunter Henry of the San Diego Chargers. He has now scored a touchdown in three straight weeks. He had four for 61 on a score, three for 74 on a score, and six for 83 on a score. Season high in catches with six, season high in targets with eight against the Denver freaking Broncos. I mean, so Hunter Henry, I think he's the real deal at this point. I have a sixteen dollar bid out on him right now in the one league where he's available because Olson is on a buy and my other option's Cameron Braid. I'm thinking about going back and upping that bid a little bit. Hunter Henry's your top target this week, right? Uh yeah, for sure.
1: And yeah, I mean you is he the top target overall if he's available out there? Mm-hmm. I mean it's an important position. Yep. Um, you know if you're
3: could if be, be the 2016
1: Gary Barnage. I guess that's what we're looking for. But the right? thing is, if you don't, even if you don't own Greg Olson, why don't you put a bid out there on the mm-hmm. best tight end that is available, and maybe screw over the owner that's trying to get him yeah. as a bi week fill-in?
2: Yeah, look at who you're trying to play this week. If you got, if you're going up against Greg Olson,
1: you might as or well throw. A,
2: yeah, you might as well throw a, you throw a bid out on Hunter Henry uh, just to be safe to prevent the owner. And that's making me think, Like a- as we speak here, I'm going to go change my bid. I think I'm going to up that to about $22, <laughs> I think. Uh, I'm trying to save a little bit of fab money in that league, but I want complete stars and scrubs, and I need to get my bench built from the waiver wire. Yeah. Hunter, Hunter Henry is the top option here. But we did mention the Dwayne Allen uh, situation here with that ankle injury. Hunter Henry may not be available necessarily, so if he's not... Then I'm going to actually be looking to Jack Doyle. I'm going to put my I'm going to back up my Henry bids with Doyle bids this week because he has been a force in the red zone this year. And without Dwayne Allen to take those potential targets away from him, his
1: ceiling just got a whole lot higher. Yeah, I mean, he showed what he could do early in the season. He scored, you know, a few times, and you know, we all thought, oh man going around this guy. but that you know Dwayne Allen did come back and has been the starter since yeah uh but Doyle like you like you mentioned here four catches on four targets for 53 yards on Sunday night against the Texans uh you can't really deny his catch rate on the season 87 percent that's 20 of 23 targets
2: that's incredibly efficient
1: yeah that's big you gotta like that three red zone targets today you know through the first six games of his career so you know Mm -hmm. Andrew Luck is looking at him early and often And yeah, you really have to consider bringing them on and, I I don't know like even when Dwayne Allen's back like why wouldn't they just consider starting this guy that's Mm. more effective
2: yeah or using some sort of combination there so Hunter Henry and Jack Doyle are your top targets Uh, you miss out on those guys on fab and you need to pick someone up uh, Sunday morning to fill in on the tight end position maybe you slept through your fab this week or whatever happens what about CJ Fedorowicz he's a very heavily available owning just 1% of both ESPN and Yahoo formats 6 catches for 85 yards and a touchdown on 7 targets in Sunday victory over the Colts he had the second most targets on the team here seems to be developing chemistry with Brock Osweiler I mean a lot of that came towards the end of the game they were playing from behind but there's not a, I mean there's not a lot else really Ryan Griffin's around but uh, I mean they're looking essentially the Texans are looking for a secondary receiving option beyond DeAndre Hopkins Will Fuller's banged up so it hasn't been able to be him CJ Fedorowicz he can get you 5-6 points this week can he?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I believe he can definitely do that. His last three games, he his floor has been four catches on five targets for forty eight yards. That's his floor, mm-hmm. and in PPR formats, that's eight point eight. Yeah, there you go. I mean, or, or at least eight. So I'm. Yes, if you're asking for 5 to 6 points over your tight end, yes, this guy can easily do it. Mm-hmm. Uh who's he facing this week again? I believe the Texans have got This is I got
2: to look into that. Yeah, I got to hang on a second. I've got that up here. Denver. Uh, oh, yeah, great. Denver uh, Monday night. Great. Yeah, wait a minute. Well, we just do- did I say against Denver?
1: No, okay. So,
2: no, that was Hunter Henry who did that yes. against the Broncos. Sorry. I was So we say have that. another
1: we have another tight end, uh, you know, going against the vaunted Denver defense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Denver defense
2: solid, but, you know, against tight ends, they're they're kind of right in the middle of the pack, giving yeah. up 6.2 fantasy points per game two opposing tight ends, uh, allowing tight ends to reach the end zone just once, and that was Hunter 100-100. Henry last week here. <laughs> so, so yeah, maybe Fedorowicz has a chance here. And again, with Fedorowicz it's his third year, and mm-hmm. he, we always talk about receivers having their breakout year in the third year. Tight ends is a spot where rookies very rarely come in and make an immediate impact. And with his third year, it's already the best year of his career for Fedorowicz. I, uh, I don't
1: know if you saw because I wrote it down here. Don't look. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to guess what his yards per target is? His yards per target this season? Yeah. Oh boy, eleven. Uh, Nine point seven.
2: Nine point seven. Okay, which so isn't is too fair. far off. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's decent for a tight end. So yeah. someone to take a look at, I think he there's there's a case to own Fedorowicz in a lot of formats here. Let's real quick take a look at streaming defense options. The Bengals, if they're out there, I mean, they're owned in 70% of leagues roughly, but if they're out there, go ahead and pick them up because they're facing Cody Kessler on the Browns. I think that's the, uh, that's the no-brainer stream option of the week. It always is going to be just right. pick on the Browns. We're going to continue to do that here. And they'll probably be, the Bengals will be looking to bounce back after getting embarrassed in New England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, I mean, it doesn't look like Vontaze Burfik will get suspended it'll be just a fine so it's not like they'll be short-handed or anything mm-hmm. I do want to mention the Baltimore Ravens defense because except I'm a little bit hesitant because they have a few injuries namely Jimmy Smith in their secondary and they're a road team here but they're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick or outside chance of playing Geno Smith and the Jets you got to imagine that even with
1: backups in there they're able to get one or two turnovers yeah for sure so uh I looked this up to, just to see how the Ravens had done on the road this season. Mm-hmm. And their two best fantasy de- days as a defense actually came on the road against Cleveland and Jacksonville. I know the mm-hmm. Jets aren't any of those teams, but their record kind of says that they are. Yeah. So why why not roll the dice? They're 47% owned in ESPN, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. So they're probably out there and, you know, you know in most of the formats
2: yeah best case scenario we have a couple early fitzpatrick turnovers then Bowles goes to geno smith where it only gets worse yeah that's a very realistic possibility there so uh definitely have to think about owning the ravens this week and they're about a coin toss on their availability so decent chance there that's gonna wrap things up for today's episode of the rotowire fantasy football podcast sponsored by wix.com Also remember to check out RotoWire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D. Once again, I'm Jake Letarski. You can follow me on Twitter at jakeski52. And over here, I'm Eric Couture, and you can find me on Twitter
1: at etcat30.
2: The RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with Mario and John. Pace is a
3: place with the helpful hardware folks.